Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Hello and welcome to Podstalgic. This is a podcast where I take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. Uh, This episode I'll be doing a review of a new movie, uh, 2017's The Founder. And according to IMDb, it says the story of Ray Kroc, a salesman who turned two brothers' innovative fast food eatery McDonald's into one of the biggest restaurant businesses in the world. And this movie is directed by John Lee Hancock, uh, who's also done other movies such as Saving Mr. Banks and Blindside. And it stars Michael Keaton as Ray Kroc, uh, who plays a salesman uh, and is the quote-unquote founder uh, that this movie is about. Uh, Nick Offerman plays Dick McDonald, and John Carroll Lynch plays his brother Mac McDonald. And Linda Cardellini plays Joan Smith. Um, Laura Dern plays Ethel Kroc, who plays Michael Keaton's wife in the movie. Patrick Wilson plays Raleigh Smith. And Kate Nealon plays June Martino, uh, who is Ray Kroc's uh, secretary. And I think that's all I'm going to mention for this. Now, this isn't going to be a uh, a solo cast. Uh, I am doing the intro here by myself. Uh, later on in the review, I will uh, be joined by uh, some friends of mine, some longtime friends, uh, Phil and David, who kind of gave their thoughts on the movies as well. Uh, what turned out, well, what started out as a... Um, uh, a non-spoiler review kind of turned into uh, a review of the entire movie, in a sense. Well, not quite the entire movie, but we got into spoilers. So uh, basically what I'll do here is kind of uh, give a non-spoiler thought of the movie. I'll probably play the trailer or something like that, and then I'll give my thoughts uh, in the spoiler section and I'll play those clips that uh, I recorded with my buddies as well. So uh, first off, I kind of want to talk uh, a little bit about why uh, we decided to go watch the, this movie. So I was joined by three of my uh, longtime buddies, where uh, all three of us, we used to work at McDonald's 18 years ago, and we are still friends to this day. Uh, so my buddy Phil reached out to me and said, hey, are you have you heard about this movie The Founder is a McDonald's movie and I had heard nothing about it I didn't know Michael Keaton was in it or anything like that and I was kind of interested I was like hey you know I, I think that'd be kind of funny if we all would go watch it you know let's gather the guys you know that all used to work at McDonald's together so we got a hold of two of them that said that they uh, were um you know they were down to go and watch this movie and make a night of it so on this evening that we decided to go watch this movie, uh, we thought it'd be funny if we grabbed some Big Macs, which we did. Uh, we grabbed some Big Macs and we met up uh, at one of my buddy's houses, and you know we had some drinks, and then we started kind of kind of reminiscing uh, about back in the days working at McDonald's. So later on, uh, I do apologize that uh, the clips that uh, I do play. Uh, a lot of it, we kind of went on to, uh, into tangents in uh, telling stories 
uh, about our time at McDonald's too. So, so you got a lot of uh, us talking about the movie, and then we kind of start going off into tangent to talking about the times back at McDonald's. But hopefully, uh, it is enjoyable still. But after a night of reminiscing, we uh, went to a late showing. It was a ten thirty showing. Um, you know, given it was a Saturday night and the movie had already been out for, uh, I think at that point, almost two weeks, uh, we went to go watch it. It was a decent amount of crowd, uh, a decent crowd, and that didn't bother us. You know, we we knew that this movie, um, I mean, is about McDonald's, right? I mean, it, it wasn't going to uh, really garner like a, like a huge crowd or anything like that. We didn't expect anything like that. We didn't expect this to be award-winning. We just uh, we just hoped that it was going to be informative and fun um, or something. You know, it's Michael Keaton. So so we went to go watch the movie. Um and I think maybe because of our experience working at McDonald's, we felt uh, very strongly about the movie. And after the movie, you know, this is already 2.45, you know, this past midnight, almost 1 o'clock in the morning, we decided to go to a nearby bar to talk about the movie some more. So obviously it provoked a lot of thoughts. There was a lot of um, great conversations, um, talking points about the movies inside the bar. Unfortunately, it was too loud to actually record. So there were a couple recordings outside the bar. So hopefully the audio is okay. But um, overall, all four of us, we gave it a recommend. You know, we didn't give it uh, any type of number rating or anything of that nature. But uh, we did all four recommend it. I'll go ahead and say that now. Again, because the uh, the audio clips have spoiler um, information in it. So that, again, I'll play later on. So that way, you, the listener, if you have not seen this movie yet, uh, will give you the chance to um, you know pause this episode if you want to go check out the movie anyway. But uh, we all did enjoy it. Um, personally, me, I thought uh, Michael Keaton did a, a, a really good job in this role as Ray Kroc uh, at first. I thought this was a bit of a, a vintage Michael Keaton, you know, something like a like a multiplicity, uh, Mister Nanny, or is it Mister Mom? I forget. Um, but you know, I, I felt like he was a little kind of kind of vintage Michael Keaton, and and then after a while, I, I started kind of thinking like, you know, well, maybe this is just kind of how the guy speaks. You know, it, it was a little. A little like a um, if Beetlejuice spoke like a normal person and not uh, a, a character, you know, because Michael Keaton does this this voice, this this accent, I guess, uh, because uh, the real Ray Kroc is from Illinois, so I, I think he had a, a bit of an accent. But Michael Keaton does a, a, a very good job at playing a guy who you know is charming because he's a salesman, so he has to be able to sell you and pitch you uh, as to why you should purchase this product from him. Uh, he goes on to meet the McDonald brothers who own this fast food, uh, the, the first fast food fast food restaurant, as we find out. And the story is about him, you know, kind of uh, partnering up with them and, and how it becomes uh, one of the biggest fast food uh, chains in the world. And so... The other two characters, uh, again, played by John Carroll Lynch and Nick Offerman, um, you know, I buy them as brothers. Uh, They're both very uh, different in personalities. Um, Mac, uh, who's played by John Carroll Lynch, he is a little bit more on the friendly side, kind of kind of gives the benefit of the doubt when it comes to certain things. And Dick, played by Nick Offerman, 
he's a little bit more kind of by the book. Things need to be a certain way. Um, I feel like maybe he might have mentioned that he was in the service or something. But uh, as far as personality goes, you almost don't believe they're brothers because they're so different. But um, that kind of makes for a good dynamic. So I don't know if the the characters were actually like this in real life um, because I did, you know, a, a little bit of research after watching the movie and I did find that there were some differences or things that were omitted from the uh, from from the real story, but obviously it's told in the movie, so it has to be told in a certain amount of time. So certain things were changed and certain things were omitted uh, to make the a, the movie a little bit more enjoyable. But overall, the movie was reasonably uh, paced. Um, I, we thought it was fun. After watching the movie, we all kind of talked about it and was like. That's crazy that this movie, you know, had such an impact on us that we actually kind of want to go uh, further and research some of the things that were depicted in the movie. So uh, at least three of us uh, of the four actually said that. So, you know, it could be a bit of a bias since we all worked at McDonald's and also uh, together um, at a point. So, so I don't know. We, we we thought it was really good. Um, it looks like some of the reviews out there as well, written by uh, critics, uh, have been fairly positive. Um, on IMDb, it is given a 7.2, which I think is also pretty fair. Um, I have heard from a friend of the show, uh, my co-host over at Original Remake, uh, Michael Dennison, who hosts War Mission vs. War Horse. He has kind of compared the movie uh, to that of uh, a bit of a like, like the social network, you know, the Facebook movie about uh, Mark Zuckerberg. So it's, it's kind of like that a little bit. And I, I can definitely see that uh, him and I, we kicked around the idea of possibly pairing those two movies up for original remake. So, um, you know, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to that. Uh, that may be a future episode that we do comparing the founder and um, the social network. But um, so that's pretty much uh, all I have to say is that the four of us went in watching the McDonald's movie and gave it a recommend. So at this time, I'll go ahead and play a trailer. And when I return, I'll give some more of my thoughts on some of uh, some of the scenes in the movie. So it'll be the spoiler section, followed by a couple of different clips. So again, if you have not yet seen this movie, this is your chance to pause. I've never seen a restaurant like this in my life. Orders ready in 30 seconds. Not 30 minutes. Franchise the damn thing. How the heck do you build a fast food empire? One word. Persistence. There should be McDonald's everywhere. Sea to shining sea. I could be growing this thing at twice the pace. Let's just slow down a minute. Did he just hang up on you? Unless we got violently disconnected. There should be big windows. No. Sponsorship. No. Barbecue beef. No. I'm through with you and your endless parade of no's. What is it with this guy? Business is war. It's doggy dog. I want to take the future. I want to win. When's enough going to be enough for you? Probably never. There are plenty of things we could do to make a quick buck, but that doesn't mean we should. He hung up again. Damn right. The founder. And welcome back. So that was your chance to pause the episode if you've not yet seen this movie. So if you are now listening to me, either you've seen the movie or you don't care to be spoiled. Um, Again, I've already mentioned four of us had 
uh, recommended the movie. I will be playing two clips uh, after I give my thoughts. And um, I don't. I, I think after the clip, the, the the episode will actually end because this is a a new release. So, um, so basically, this movie, I thought it was very interesting that uh, it is called The Founder, and it does star uh, Michael Keaton, who plays Ray Kroc, who isn't actually the founder. He's more the founder of a McDonald's restaurant who makes it into a, you know, a huge fast food chain. And it's kind of crazy to find out that starting out as a salesman, that the McDonald brothers reached out to him wanting this multi uh, milkshake mixer. And they first ordered six, which I guess in the very beginning of the movie, he's having a very difficult time trying to make these sales. And so an order of six was kind of baffling to him. So he needed to reach out and say, is this even correct? They go, no, it, it actually it's eight that we need. So off the jump, you know, clearly his interest is piqued because throughout the beginning of the movie, he's going, you know, he's driving all around trying to make these sales and he keeps stopping at drive-ins where, you know, the wait times have been like 30 minutes, orders are been, you know, the, um, the, the, the wait, the servers are getting his orders wrong and, and each time, you know, we get to see like this clash in uh, generations and, um, you know, he's he's an older man. We find out, you know, in his early 50s. But he does not like the drive-in scene where there's a bunch of, uh, I, don't, I don't want to call them hooligans, but, you know, they're, they're teens. They're like, um, they're like, uh, I, I guess, kind of like in Outsiders, right? They're kind of like the greasers. Uh, we don't really see any of the socialists, you know, to take those terms. But... He he has all of these opinions of drive-ins, I guess. And so when he's on the phone with the McDonald brothers, he hears how busy it is back there. And the, the person on the phone is, uh, I believe it was Dick McDonald that he was speaking with. And, you know, he, he kind of keeps, uh, he kind of cuts the conversation short. And so Ray drives all the way to San Bernardino, California, I believe it was. And, uh, he, he, you know, he, he's just... He he sees that this small little restaurant has an extremely long line. He notices that nobody's parking and there's no, uh, you know, servers on roller skates. And uh, he sees that people are just walking up and, you know, uh, not even a minute later, walking away from the window with a bag. They're sitting down and they're eating immediately. So he needs to figure out what is going on and how can he get his hand on this. So it was kind of crazy that ultimately he kind of convinces the brothers to make him partner so he can help franchise their business, ultimately not betraying them, but, I mean, I guess he does, right? I mean, he sees, he sees you know, how much money can be made of this. He has been a salesman, you know, I guess, presumably most of his adult life. And, I mean, he's got a very um, a nice home. He's got a wife who, you know, lives lives pretty much by herself because he's always on the road. They don't have any kids. And he sees that this is a way to make very lucrative money where he may not have to travel as much anymore. And so, yeah, he kind of takes the company from them. And uh, I, I could see why Michael Denniston, you know, kind of compared this to the social network, you know, where Zuckerberg was in cahoots with those, uh, was it Venkovoss twins? And, and they, you know, um, 
blame him for stealing their idea. So the McDonald brothers, they have this, you know, this idea of just being a very wholesome company where, uh, you know, families can come and eat and uh, take their order 30 seconds later, have it, and they can eat it immediately. And Ray wants to take it and make some tweaks here and then um, just wants to keep making these minor changes for, in his eyes, the betterment of this company. You know, he wants to add Coca-Cola to their lineup so that way they can sponsor and, you know, try to get some more income that way. So I I really like the writing, um, the beginning of the movie. I believe I do say this in, you know, the audio clip a little bit later on that uh, I felt when Ray meets up with the McDonald brothers, they, uh, I think it's Mac that gives them the tour and then they have a sit down with him, you know, because Ray invites them to dinner. And then we get this uh, bit of a, you know, kind of a montage flashback kind of deal of how the brothers actually get their start. Um, most of it was actually kind of, kind of a, a back and forth talking between Dick and Mac and Ray is listening. And I felt like that could have been done a little bit differently. Uh, later on, you'll hear in the clip that I kind of, kind of suggested that maybe this could have worked better as um. Like a, like a two-parter on Netflix or something like that because I felt like uh, with a little bit more time, this movie could have been even better for me. You know, because the, the let's be honest, like the very first forty-five minutes at least is is an advertisement for McDonald's. You know, the way they are tasting the fries. Oh, we got to change up the the you know the the um, the temperature. And, you know, things like that, all these minor details on how some of their product is being made. So, you know, it. I, I don't think it would have worked. I mean, it still could have worked as a documentary. I mean, obviously, we have shows like Unwrapped on the Food Network. It would have worked. But to actually tell a story, I feel that there's so much to tell that it, that it, it could have been like in a two-part movie. Uh, you know, made for TV again or Netflix or something like that. Because this movie clocks in a little under two hours. We thought it was well enough paced that at the end we're like, oh, okay, well, that, that, was, that was fun, you know, a fun two hours. Because any longer, I think the movie would just definitely be dragging. But for me, just when Ray was getting, you know, the whole rundown on how they got their start, I, I didn't like how that was filmed. But what I, what I did find fascinating about this entire story is they were really kind of going through like the history of showing us how some of the, you know, um, more of the key employees, uh, once it actually becomes under Ray's regime, so to speak, you know, we get to see where some of them kind of get their start, where one, I believe, uh, ended up being Ray's assistant. You know, he kind of uh, got his start working at one of the stores as well. Uh, that was Fred Turner, played by Justin Randall Brooke. And um, another thing I, I kind of want to touch on is actually Ray's marriage. You know, I I mentioned he's he's always on the road, and I got to commend for his wife sticking it through all this time. You know, there's no mention of any kids. Um, you know, she never says, you know, uh, I I don't I don't know why we don't have any kids. So that's never like a subplot. However. What we do find out in this story as well is once McDonald's becomes so popular that everybody wants to get a piece of this, 
we meet the character Raleigh Smith, played by Patrick Wilson, who owns a what appears to be a very successful steakhouse. Um, he has a very beautiful wife, uh, played by Linda Cardellini, who plays Joan Smith. We we see throughout the movie that Ray has taken a liking to her, and uh, in very many instances, we see Raleigh kind of kind of noticing like a little bit of vibe between the two, uh, between Ray and Joan, and that's never quite touched on. But I think it obviously is kind of led. It leads us to assume what goes on. We don't we don't know exactly what happens between Raleigh and Joan, but we do find out that ultimately Ray divorces his wife and marries Joan. Um, so they don't get into that very much, and I completely understand that because this is more about Ray and him being the founder of McDonald's and not really his story and um, you know, his marriage or anything like that, but they do present that, and that in itself is kind of a minor subplot. They don't touch on this in the movie, and um, I don't mind that they do or or that they don't, but I am curious if there was any, um, you know, if Ray was ever unfaithful to his wife with Joan, because we don't see any of that. You know, we kind of jump uh, a little bit into the future, and we just see that he uh, eventually ends up marrying Joan. So we don't see like Joan and Raleigh having a fallout or anything like that. So that's kind of that's a story that I would like to see too. Maybe in something else, maybe a documentary uh, when it does focus on Ray the man. Um, you know, maybe after you know taking basically the McDonald's Corporation from the McDonald's brothers. Throughout the movie, uh, we kind of see Ray uh, constantly making calls to the McDonald brothers and uh, requesting, you know, these minor changes or upgrades or things like that. And they don't want to hear it. Like, look, you signed a contract. Any changes got to go through us. Like, uh, you kind of really feel for for the brothers. And there's a drop line in there, you know, about Mac having uh, diabetes and uh I think that was already kind of foreshadowing that that's clearly they're introducing that because something will happen. And Ray is just so persistent in doing things and wanting to take things um, into, you know, matters into his own hands that it gets to a point where they're they're always shouting and, and hanging up on each other, more so him and Dick. But um, well, at one point, Mac takes, you know, over the converse, phone conversation and, you know, he faints, you know, he, he ends up in the hospital and Ray shows up with flowers and a card and the card actually has like a blank check just so um they can sign over the company to him. Like this guy has got balls. He's like, you know, he's got this mentality like you guys don't know what you have and that's not what they're in it for. Like this is, you know, they, they weren't looking for the money. They tried franchising and um it wasn't very successful. And, you know, I, I I guess they just didn't quite have the right person. But um, Ray ultimately gets the the corporation from them. They sign it over. Um, I believe it was like $2 million and, uh, and some change perhaps. But, yeah, he kind of screws them out uh, from uh, with residuals because they shake on it. And then he kind of goes on to say that there's no proof of that. You know, uh, there's, it's not even written in an agreement. So, um you know, I definitely think that's a shysty move. I mean, you you took this, you know, these brothers, you know, you you took their idea 
And when you're out trying to uh, kind of get people to buy into the company, you're also taking a lot of the credit. You know, when the the, the company was made, um, you know, he told Joan that he, uh, you know, came up with it in 1954. And I believe from the research that I did, that's actually when he did sign with uh, the McDonald's brothers. And there were other instances, too, throughout the movie where he just kind of took the credit for himself. Um, I remember one moment. It, it might be the very same scene, actually, with Joan. But I remember there's something that he takes credit for himself. And then his assistant, uh, Fred Turner, we see, you know, he looks down because obviously he knows the the truth. And the fact that Ray just kind of, you know, lied to this pers- other person's face you know, Fred kind of kind of felt bad. You know, he probably had his opinions of his own about Ray as a character. But um, that's pretty much all the thoughts that I have at this point because I don't want to kind of regurgitate some of the things I've already said, even though I have. But uh, at this point, I'll go ahead and play the two clips that, um, that we recorded uh, shortly after the movie at a bar. So again, uh, the first clip will be with my buddy Phil. And then the second one is with David and uh, Phil kind of jumps in uh, as well. And I kind of joked in one of the clips that, um, you know, Phil was very, uh, felt very strongly uh, about the, about the movie. Uh, I, I feel a little bit more so than we did. We all thought positive, uh, positively about the movie. Uh, we we all enjoyed it, but Phil seemed to be the one that just kept wanting to talk about it. Uh, clearly, he, um, you know, McDonald's has a special place in all of our hearts, but uh, Phil talks a lot about that as well. And again, uh, forewarned that we also go into some tangents about some of our, uh, um, you know, just stories from, from uh, working at McDonald's as well. So I hope you guys enjoy that. And here are the clips. All right, uh, joining me uh, is Phil, uh, this time, who also worked with me at McDonald's. Uh, Phil, what were your thoughts of the movie? Um, I I enjoyed it a lot. Part of it's nostalgia for me. I mean, just growing up, just eating McDonald's, so, like, everyone has, like, an emotional attachment to it. But, I don't know, the other part of the emotional attachment was just meeting Peter there and meeting some, like, lifelong friends that I have. So, like, I don't know, I just, maybe I'm probably going to be overrating it just because of that nostalgia element. But I like the movie a lot. Like, the plot twists are pretty good, and it's just crazy how... Everyone knows McDonald's, but in 2017, not too many people know the McDonald's story or the, the Ray Kroc story, and I was surprised it was as controversial as it was. It had many plot twists and turns, I guess. Yeah, we we are all uh, currently at a bar right now, and uh, we had some pretty um, good conversations. Unfortunately, it was you know indoors, so loud music, a lot of people around us, and so uh, you know we clearly missed out on a lot of uh, you know meaty talks and you know um, yeah good takes and stuff like that uh, one of the questions or something that uh, did cross my mind a lot of things that um, I was reading up on at the bar they didn't touch on in the movie for obvious reasons you know because the movie is kind of long in itself do you think that this is a like a situation where maybe um, it could have been better had it been like a uh, like a documentary on you know on Netflix maybe like a three part no, I don't think so because it- I'm sure they amped up, like, everyone's personalities and characters and driven up, like, the drama and, like, I don't know, like, these characters were pretty one-dimensional, but you could at least see their motivations behind them, whereas a documentary would probably try to capture the gray area rather than make everything black and white, and I don't know, like, I, I, does that make sense? It it does. What if it was, like, a, like, a, um, you know, made-for-TV or, you know, original Netflix uh, production where it was just like a like a three parter, you know, kind of showing the the different 
uh, eras, I guess. I, I think that'd be hard to do because everyone's dead. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, we know that um, uh, Croc uh, yes. died in like 1984 yeah. and stuff. But I, I guess um, the, the reason I bring that up is because um, they it, it, obviously it looks like they made some changes to the actual story to kind of um, you know pace the movie a little bit better. They omitted some things. And, you know, that's just how dramas, uh, dramatizations usually are. But, like, in the very beginning of the movie, I felt it was like a like a really long commercial for McDonald's. Yeah, it was. I, 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 I'm a millennial, so I didn't really know the importance of fast food. And they kind of just showed the transition of how innovative they were, that they transitioned from, you know, just old school just drive-ins where people would just get food delivered out with, you know, waitresses in, in roller skates. You know, and they were eating foods at their car with knife and fork. Like, he was eating a steak as his first meal at the drive-in, right? And how revolutionary it was to have a meal in your hand in 30 seconds with everything disposable. Like, that, that was a big jump, and it just transformed just the whole industry, right? Yeah. For me, I, I really did like the whole story between them and the McDonald brothers. But it was like the, um, you know, him actually learning about it. That's where I felt like maybe it could have served better perhaps as a documentary uh, or maybe like some kind of supplemental material because that's the part where I found it a little cheesy. I, I think someone could probably, like if this movie becomes like a cult classic, I think someone could elaborate on that and just dig deeper. I, I could picture that. Yeah. So uh, pacing, uh, you, you thought, you know, to be honest, like, uh, again, I... I didn't have problems with the beginning. I just wasn't like a huge fan of it. But when it was over, it was I was like, "Yeah, oh, absolutely, it was." But uh, when it was when it was over, I was like, "That that was actually a quick two hours." It was a quick two hours, it, and it's weird how like in 2017, in the era of the internet, and how big McDonald's is like ingrained in our culture. At least, maybe not in 2017, but for the most part, like for most of my life, it we just don't know anything like. It, it, and like the funny thing is, it, they they picture like they make this guy uh, make Ray Kroc out to be this egotistical like self centered guy. And I remember working there with you, and yeah. right by our drive through, there was a bronze plaque, and it had a picture of Ray Kroc as founder. It, it even said founder on it, and it had like McDonald's arches, and it just just like it's just like a big piece of self promotion. Like it made no mention of the McDonald's brothers. But oh yeah, I don't remember that at all. Actually, I, I remember that, and and then either someone told me, or in that plaque, it talked about how he made like he was more successful as a real estate, like uh, a real estate. Uh, I don't know mogul. I don't know what what you would call it, but yeah, that that was definitely interesting as well. Uh, what did you think about like um, once they started franchising uh, McDonald's as a company? Uh, like some of the the prep, uh, like how they prepped the food, like not a lot of that has actually changed. It hasn't. Uh, I remember. I remember like one of the most icon, like most stressful moments for me working at McDonald's. But also some of the most fun was when we did the twenty nine cent hamburger and the thirty nine cent <laughs> hamburger promotion. Yeah, and it like the demand for that was so overwhelming. But when you saw like how few staff we had in the back, like pre- prepping the food, like they were freaking efficient. Like like that. I don't know how things were done back then, but like just just that like ketchup dispenser and mustard dispenser, like we were able to crank out burgers so damn fast. Like it, it was pretty impressive. We were talking like off, you know, like off mic, yeah, yeah, off mic earlier. Like we just remember like people ordering like ten burgers at a time, twenty burgers at a time. Yeah, and I want to say staffing. Like we had less than like we had around eight people during rushes. Like would that be accurate or about eight to twelve people? 
during like major lunch rushes, and we I, were able to handle yeah, the demand. I would I would say that you know it was definitely uh, we we focused on getting people through lines really fast and out of the restaurant really fast too. I, I think it's uh, interesting that you do remember as us being efficient. I remember us like just kind of focusing on speed to be honest with you. We were. Yeah, and and uh, I remember one time we had a visit from the store owner and he was kind of like checking out the quality of the burgers we were actually putting out and he's like, no, you guys got to like position the, the mustard and the ketchup dispenser like so. You're right. And in my mind, I'm like... He quality, he quality checked us because at one point we were just focused on speed that we sacrificed on like not make like we we sacrificed on quality like the burgers just didn't look like they did in the magazine and and eventually like or in in the ads or, or like the you know just the menu or, or what you saw in commercials but he did he did like check us out like and and just like made made us focus more on the quality so i thought that was kind of cool yeah it, i mean it was but to be honest with you in my mind and i you know we were teenagers i was just like that's gonna slow us down like there's no way i'm gonna take my time to do it that way yeah so yeah, I I don't know I, I thought that was pretty that's pretty cool like yeah. I, and and if you look at fast food in 2017 nothing's really like I, I mean the market's changed like we're not really about speed and efficiency now like we're about quality now more more so than you know like you have made to order like with good quality stuff but it, it it's not to the volume that McDonald's is like Chipotle's great yeah and it and it kind of fits like today's market like the fast casual but at the time like to crank out that much food like. At that speed, it was pretty damn impressive. Like, I remember we prided ourselves at the time uh, when we were working at McDonald's that we were. They started the clock like the moment the car showed up to the order taker, right? And, and then and then we would hit a button yes. every every time that food hit out the door. And Did, we, didn't we, we? Wouldn't we write down the number like how long that actually took on the dry erase board? Yeah. So every hour um, we would get a report, and the manager would write the speed, like the average serve time. For uh, for the orders per that hour, and we took great pride in having orders out. I want to say within 120 to 140 seconds, which is pretty damn impressive to show up in your car, take an order, and then deliver food out. And I recall like taking great sense of pride that we were one of the top performing McDonald's, like in our region or state or whatever. And I remember at the time, like, there was Olympics in Salt Lake City, and our McDonald's was so high-performing that they even talked about sending representatives from our store to Salt Lake City to represent uh, McDonald's. I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it was it was to represent, like, I, I don't know. We were so high-performing as, like, a branch. Like, they, they even talked about sending a few of us to Salt Lake City. Yeah, I don't remember work. nothing like that. Clearly, I mean, you were there much longer than yeah. me, too, though. But the problem was they couldn't send us because we were 16, 17 <laughs> at the time. Like you, Some of us might have been 15, actually, that lied about our ages. <laughs> yes, that, that was too. But, like, I, I, I took great pride because we got, like, we got so many awards for our, like, our store, our drive through and predominantly for me and Peter and our uh, two other friends, like, we were the driving force between that. Or at least I like to think that, and maybe that's not true, like, because there's, like, the cooks and all that, too. But, like, for the drive through like, I took a lot of pride in that. And just to, to, to say, like, man, we would have been in Salt Lake City had we been of age, like, that, I take a lot of pride in that. So. Yeah. Um... Now, you, you actually asked a uh, pretty good question to all of us. Um, you asked, like, who did we think was the biz- biggest victim uh, in the movie, and you actually said the wife. Yeah, um, so 
to me, like, there was two main victims in this movie. Um, one was Ray Kroc's wife that's portrayed in the movie um, that he had at the beginning of the, the movie and uh, the McDonald's brothers. And for me, the movie wants you to think, like, they, they want you to feel sorry or feel, like, empathetic towards the, the Kroc, I mean, the, the McDonald's brothers. Right. And for me, I thought that the real victim of the movie was his wife, um, because his wife is sacrificing her social life, her her her, her friends, her, her network of people, and and she sacrificed so much because like her husband was such a go getter that she was, I mean, he was never at home being that husband. Like she never really, it that movie didn't really portray that she had a like a relationship with her husband like they were both just separate people living in the same house at the same time so and as far as far as we know they never had kids either they, they never had kids at least in, 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 in the according context of that the movie, movie according right. to the movie she, so she never really like had any fulfillment like all, all she like her own motivation in that movie was to spend time with her friends spend time with her husband and she never really got that and she sacrificed her husband's like like she put her husband's needs or his his wants his motivations ahead of her like she you know and and in, in the course of the movie like there was a point where uh croc made her abandon all of her social network her friends like made her quit like i mean like he made the decision to not continue on with their uh country club membership and right. that, and that was that was like the one thing she had you know like especially if you're a stay-at-home mom a stay-at-home wife where your husband's doing stuff all the time, like, I mean, out of the house and, and, you know, fulfilling his dreams, all, all she had was that group. So like, she took that as a big loss. And the moment McDonald's became a successful entity, like she, he, he was kind of just done with her and just kind of just divorced her out of the blue. And yeah, I felt horrible for that. So yeah, in the middle of dinner, at least the McDonald's brothers, they got, you know, money out of it. Uh, it unfortunately, fortunately they did have to close down their, um, you know, their, their number one store, the real number one store, uh, because, because Crockman had opened up the McDonald's across the street. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what it looks like in the movie. I'm not sure if it was actually across the street. I think it was just it, nearby. Yeah. I think that's, that's what I read. So and, and you know, like for them, they were more just about like having pride in their restaurant. So for them, like they they had their their baby. Like history was kind of erased. Like the McDonald's history has kind of been like erased of the, the the McDonald's brothers. Like we worked there for two years, and we never even heard about the McDonald's brothers. We didn't even know their damn story. So like, so I I mean like for for me like that was their ultimate sacrifice. Um, in the end, I kind of thought that they kind of like were made whole. They kind of won because like their main motivation in that their in that in that movie was to maintain the quality of their original store, right? And because of Croc, it seemed like they were like the, the the moral. I mean, like the outcome of the story was they made more money than they would have had they just continued with their dream. If they if they just would have kept things status quo, they just would have had just that one restaurant, and they probably wouldn't have the wealth that they would have now right yeah uh after the after the movie it did seem like you might have been the one who was most high on the movie we all enjoyed it Uh we all enjoyed it but i think you might have been the most at least uh verbally you were most uh kind of liberal with with your your opinions of the movie like i liked it more than you guys yeah well i I think you just expressed it more okay uh i think we all liked it but i think you expressed uh, your like for it uh, a little bit more than we did do you think this movie is necessary I think it's necessary, but I, I, I know that I'm biased towards the movie because <laughs> uh, I, and I know that and I'll, yeah. I'll willing to admit it because like just my two years at McDonald's were some of like the most defining moments of my life. Like it, it gave me just 
having the income at that time just gave me freedom. Like I was able to live a pretty good lifestyle for a 16 year old relative to my peers at the time. And I, I find, I, I, I take great sense of pride in that. I take great sense of pride in my work ethic. I take great sense of pride in how responsible I was managing my money. So like I, I was happy with that. I, I don't know. That's probably not relevant to the podcast at all. <laughs> oh, you know? it's quite right. I mean, but like, I know I'm biased because of those things that McDonald's has brought me. Like, you know, so McDonald's has taught me a lot. They taught me a lot about life. It taught me a lot about upselling. It taught me a lot about just, I, I don't know, like just having a good work ethic. And, and, and I, I'm really grateful for like just my franchise owner at McDonald's. Like he, he valued education. Like he would give us $50 for every A we got on a report card every single time. And like, so like it wasn't just money for him like he wanted the best out of us. So like I I I am grateful for my experience at McDonald's and I I don't I don't I don't take it for granted. I know I'm in way more successful career now, but I still look back at McDonald's and what they provided me and like I I don't think I would be here ironically if it wasn't for McDonald's. I I don't know, that's really cheesy to say. Yeah. But I I'm in a job now where I make six figures and I made $6 an hour right. at McDonald's and I still have I, a soft class. I, I, I feel like it was 550. It was six twenty-five. I remember that for a really? fact. Okay. And uh, and I well, maybe it was a different job. I'm thinking of I, I six twenty-five, and I remember getting my first fifty-cent raise and finding so much like a big sense of pride and like how much I accomplished just from that. You know, I'm gonna have to agree with you. With like uh, I, I think McDonald's kind of helped me out early on because uh, you know I I'm not sure if, I, if I've talked about this uh, in you know in in any in any other parts of this podcast, but. You know, my son was born while I was working at McDonald's, and the, uh, the the store owner, you know, knew of this, and he offered me a uh, a team leadership position with a fifty cent raise. And you were the the least tenured out of our group. Too. I and I was absolutely so. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it, it definitely gave us something. Um, you know what? Our owner kind of embodied more of the McDonald's brothers. I don't know. Uh, how do you explain that? Like their 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 perspective or, or their what what they were the about. mission statement. I yeah, guess. They, I, I think they he valued more the original McDonald's brothers' mission statement rather than just straight profits. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I he he cared he believed about in the company. He believed in the company. He believed in the employees. He he wanted well-rounded employees. He valued quality over profits. Like there was plenty of things that we could have done to shave. I mean, cut corners, and he didn't really stand for it. I, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Now, I, 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 I like, I'll, I'll, like another cheesy thing is I remember being 16 and people coming back to our McDonald's saying how good it was, and I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Dude, you guys like change your oil like every month. Like our fries were always like golden, crisp, yeah. And and other McDonald's were cutting costs by re like using their oil well past like their prime." And if you went to other McDonald's at the time, like, their fries tasted burnt relative to ours. You know, and, and like, when customers are noticing that, it's just a minor difference. Like, it, it kind of mattered to me. Damn, he got in quick. What's that? Yeah. He's got really quick. Oh, I guess he's, he's got a hot date, dude. He's got a hot date. Maybe the ladies get home around the same time. I don't know. So, so David, uh, what did you think of the movie, first off? Uh, first impressions, I enjoyed it, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, like I said, uh, I don't normally go to the movie theater but you know this is definitely something i genuinely enjoyed um i thought you know i enjoyed it throughout and you know i might have been biased just because you know our history we kind of worked at mcdonald's before and all of that but i think from beginning to end i think the acting was really good i think michael keaton you know definitely did a good job acting 
Um, in addition to that, like, you know, I mentioned it before to you and, you know, when we were coming, walking out of the movie, it was like, like, I didn't know really McDonald's history given that, you know, everyone knows, you know, everyone knows McDonald's worldwide and we, we worked there, but like, I didn't know the history to it. So like just learning that backstory of, you know, the, the brothers, how they open and then this guy comes in, you know, kind of comes with this big idea of franchising it out. And I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was good to learn. So I'm excited to like go and probably go on the net and try to probably just read up and kind of geek out a little bit and like what's what's accurate what's not you know overall but yeah i mean overall i enjoyed the movie i don't know if i would you know say hey you got to watch the movie in the theater like i kind of felt that way from the get-go you know i even said like do i really want to you know spend this money to watch this movie in the theater like i totally would be fine watching it you know when it comes out to um straight to dvd or or video or whatever but I mean, I think just kind of based on our history, having all of us work together, I think it was an overall cool experience. Where you know we had opportunities where we kind of reminisce about you know sharing McDonald's stories and then to top it off to watch the movie. Um, ate some Big Mac, and we ate, and we ate a couple of Big Macs for sure. So yeah, overall good. I enjoyed the movie. Um, you needed me to give me a rating or something like no, that. No, or? no, no rating. Okay. Uh, it sounds like you do re- uh, recommend it. What I did ask Phil here. Yeah. Do you, um, I asked him if the movie was necessary, but I want. Uh, I also asked him. Do you think this could have been like um, maybe like a straight uh, straight to Netflix in in like a, a few different parts and maybe uh, you know stretch it out a little bit more to give us more of a story and maybe introduce some other things uh-huh. that they maybe uh, skipped over to kind of you know keep it within the two hour. To, to our duration here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I can totally see that. How if you, they broke it up, I mean, you see it now. Like, you know, the, 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 they kind of do like these like, you know, mini-series documentary stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're, what you're kind of yeah. thinking? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, I can totally see that. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, I don't know how much... I don't know how much story there is after the fact of when it ended. What? It ended like in the 70s, I think it was. I think it was... 19- All right. And that concludes uh, our... Review, I guess you can call it, uh, of the founder and also, um, I don't know, McDonald's stories after dark or whatever you want to call some of those tangents we went off in. So hopefully you enjoyed them. Uh, we, we know we enjoyed talking about it. You know, at times we even forgot that I was holding a phone up to people's mouths. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. If, uh, if you have stories working at McDonald's, I'd love to hear some of those. You know, uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Podstalgic, or you can email in hlfpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find me also in the Corten Parts group page. Uh, if you just type in Corten Parts Podcast uh, in Facebook, you will be allowed access to join in on all the conversations uh, along with uh, hosts and listeners from all the other shows from Corten Parts uh, to include We Got Five, which I also host with my um, co-host Devin. Um, I do some solo coverages on TV Ate My Brain, uh, I wrapped up Frequency recently, uh, which is a CW show, which is now on Netflix. Uh, NBC's Timeless, which is um, a few more episodes here, and uh, season one will be over. And also The Walking Dead, which is coming out soon. So um, I do quite a bit over there. Uh, also, there's a music podcast called Music Ate My Brain, and I've done a few episodes on there as well. So many contents to check out. Uh, again, if you want to join in, just find... Important parts podcast. 
So until the next episode, thank you all for listening. I'm loving it. Is this the place to eat? Since I don't cook, I'll just rock to the beat. I'm loving it. At the end of the day, to relieve the stress, we add a little play. I'm loving it. Sometimes we have mishaps. You just overcome and adapt to setbacks. I'm loving it. You know you're my world. How could I mind love taps from my girl? Podstagic is part of Cortemp Arts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Listen to some of our other shows like Get Real Movies, Blood, Guts, and Blu-ray, and The Broken Brain at cortemparts.com.